Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Faith in It with Kay. So I'm excited to have you guys back for this week's episode. Um, and the things that I'm randomly thinking about right now is another Netflix movie, Project Power. So I watched that last night. I'm not too sure how I feel about Project Power, whether or not I thought it was actually a good movie. Um, but it's a movie with Jamie Foxx and um, I'm not sure of <laughs> actually any of the other act, um, actors in it. Um, but it was this dope actress that I looked up and now I'm forgetting her name that also plays like the heroine in there that I thought was so cool. So like, I love, um, I don't know if I'm just like realizing it now. I don't know, but it just seems like more and more, um, these Netflix movies have such natural hairstyles when it comes to like, uh, our black or female starters. So yes, I'm loving like how her authentic black <laughs> self in this movie. Um, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about the whole subject of the movie. Um, it, it was entertaining. So I'll say that, you know, it's, it was entertaining. Um, so yeah, how about you go ahead and watch it and let me know what you think. We can talk about it. Um, and then also I'm excited about, Kamala Harris uh, as the VP pick for Joe Biden. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Do not come for me with your comments about her negative policies. Um, I'm aware not all her policies have um, helped our community. Um, And to be completely honest, that has been the struggle with politicians. Their platforms never truly just help (laughs) Um, anyone, no matter where you like, what side of the fence you're on, um, it is you have to figure out what when it comes to their platform and what they stand for, whether or not it is something that you are willing to, or their morals and convictions, <clears throat> excuse me, or what you are willing to live with, <clears throat> excuse me. And I will say, I am here for her being a black woman. I am here for her being. Um, like really, she's American, of course, but like her background, her parents, her mom's Indian and her dad, I think is Jamaican. I'm here for that immigrant mix up that's happening. Um, that immigrant realities, um, that she's lived with. Um, I'm here for all of that. She is a lot of what I am. (laughs) So I am here for her as vice president. Um, cause like I said, I don't want to do four more years of four more years of Trump, um, and regardless of how you feel about her and uh, Joe Biden, like let's be honest, um, Trump is worse. So, yeah, I just need you to not do what you did with Hillary. Get it together, people. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. But congratulations, sis. I'm so happy. Um, to see your representation happening. Um, and of course, I'm prayerful that, you know, your policies and different things like that will be more beneficial um, to, our, to our community, but to the country as a whole and just everybody that's all inclusive within it. Um, and yes, that means um, 
I do agree with some protection when it comes to uh, the gay and trans community. I do believe that they need to be prote- protected no matter how, what, what we know of what the Bible says about um, what union should look like between a man, only between a man and a woman. It doesn't mean that no, anyone should be mistreated because they are gay or trans. So uh, you can argue with me all day if you want, <laughs> but I am for rules, laws, regulations that are going to protect people, um, irregardless of their beliefs or irregardless of um, their color, race, gender. I am always here for protecting people and being able to treat people with integrity. Uh, So Kamala, sis, I'm ready for you. I hope the country is finally ready for you Um, and just continue to speak your truth. So that's what I'm raving about. That's what I'm happy about. That's what I'm thinking about, y'all. But the next thing that you'll hear is my conversation with Will Reyes. Um, And I I really enjoyed the conversation. It was just talking about his journey and just um, how God's able to take, like completely transform our lives. And, you know, no matter how we grow up and no matter what the shortcomings may have been, God is able to just move and transform things and just do the impossible in our lives. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Uh, I hope you see the grace of God in it. I hope you see God's love and God's will for us. Uh, So the next thing you'll hear is that conversation. Hey, everyone. So today I have Will Reyes with me. And, um, yeah, so he's going to introduce himself in a little while, but we're going to get started with the get to know you segment. Hey, Will. I'm good. Hey, how are you? Doing, you? doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for saying yes. So we're going to get started. Can you tell us three of your favorite things? Three of my favorite things. Uh, now, are, are these materialistic things or just any? So they can be anything. Uh, they could be people. They could be materialistic things. Like just three things that you just absolutely love. Okay. Well, I love fatherhood. So I love my babies. I have two awesome. children. Um, yeah, fatherhood is, is huge to me. I just love being a father. Um, I love learning about God. I love the whole process of really diving into the mysteries of the kingdom. So I love um, getting into apologetics and really diving into the historical uh, background of our faith. And so that would be two. Last thing, uh, I'm an athlete, so I love sports. I've uh, been playing football my entire life, football and basketball. Um, so, yeah, I'm a sports guy. Yeah, that's that's good. Sure. That's pretty well-rounded. Um, good ones. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about a book that you're currently reading? Yeah, so uh, I just finished a book called Every Man's Battle, and this is a um, a guide to uh, winning the war on sexual okay. exploitation. Um, yeah, it's a great book, and it, it comes from the perspective of a husband and being married and, and taking control over any sexual exploitation that you may have. So it was great. Like I felt like it was great preparation for me um, in the future um, on how to win any temptations that may come about because we're okay. all human. Um, yeah, so I'm not really, you know, uh, battling anything severe at the moment. I just love to read up on things um, 
that you know could could help me win any any temptation. But I'm actually reading a book called Boundaries, um, by Dr. Henry Cloud and uh, and John mm-hmm. Talbot. Um, subtitle is is when to say yes and how to say no to take control of your life. I've gotten a lot of good reviews out of this one. Um, I think I wanted to dive into it um, because I I can sometimes be a person that's kind of like a hard no. Um, at times, I can I can give people a hard no. I can kind of come off as uh, well to my family members. I've been called selfish or whatever the case may be. Um, so I just wanted to learn how to how to I guess strategically get people to understand why I'm saying no and when to say yes. And sometimes even in this moment in life, things are just grabbing at me. So um, in terms of my my time, so I'm really trying to hone in on when to say yes to things and when to say no. So I just. Hopefully this book can really give you some understanding on it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good rationale behind why you're reading all these books. Good ones. Okay. All right. So the last one for you. Can you tell us a little bit about your happy place? Um, Okay. Now, when you say happy place, what are you referring to? So this can be, um, let's say, so it could be a, a, a... a mental space it can be a mental space or like a physical place so like somewhere that you like to physically be so like um for me my happy place is at home like uh it's at home with some food some candles tv like you know it could be a physical place or it could be like just a mental space like so that 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 place where you're just completely um kind of like at peace Well, I can say um, that I've been at peace for some time now, and it's I think it's only by the grace of God, and um, it's, it mainly comes by really diving in and, and, and asking a hard question mm. um, regarding my faith, and really trying to hone in and learn and, and um, understand. Every time I, I kind of have a practice now where I'm, if I catch myself being overwhelmed about something, um, I really try to get to the principle of it. And, and I guess in the, uh, the foundation of why I feel the way I feel and uh, see how it contradicts the mm. God's word. And when I, when I tend, when I tend to do that um, and I realize like, Hey, like life isn't that serious. Like what you're, or what you're going through isn't that serious to where you need to spend so much um, emotional energy on it. Um, Cause I think that does reflect our uh, lack of faith in our, in our father as well. So, that typically uh, produces the happy internal space for me is realizing um, kind of how uh, Solomon put it that, you know, things are meaningless at the end of the day. We don't really have to take things so seriously at, at all times. As long as we trust in God and we really uh, devote our heart to him, uh, that, that peace that we get is a gift. And I really feel like that's a testimony in my life. Uh, I've been having peace for some time now. Um, but in terms of where I like to go physically, to, to get in, I guess, in a peaceful environment. I don't know why. It just seems like my <laughs> car is just like, it's just like a peaceful place for me. I just like to drive okay. and go park up somewhere Yeah, during the, you know, the sunset and the golden hour. And I love just reading my windows down and the AC blasting. I don't know why I love that, like, hot, cold dynamic. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that, that's really what I like to do. I just love scenery and looking at you know the sunset and everything that's good that's good that's good you have some very um was it uh studious is that is that the word i'm looking for answers (laughs) 
um, to, to a lot yeah. of these questions. Um, so, but that's good. Like, it sounds like you like to educate yourself, and and that's a really, really good thing. Um, so, kudos to you for that. All right, so we're gonna get started. So, generally, um, when you do podcasts and just different things like that. Um, the host will introduce who you are, but I think you know you better than I do. Um, so can you just tell us who is Will Reyes? Tell us, tell us a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, Will Reyes is uh, a man that is from Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I, tip- I have the typical background of anybody who comes out of poverty in, t- in terms of like, um, the the U.S. Um, neighborhoods uh, that that are dealing with poverty um, and crime and things of that nature. I kind of have that background. Um, I'm a I'm a brother of uh, I have well I have a lot of brothers and sisters siblings. But in terms of who I grew up with, my mother has four boys. Um, who am I? I would just say I'm somebody who who has a zeal to really understand what, what why we're all here mm. in terms of our purpose and. I love to, I love to help people understand truth and help and, and lead people to um, the questions that they want answered. Um, I'm an individual who just um, who's constantly desiring to learn, and that wasn't always a mm. thing for me. Uh, I did grow up um, feeling like I was ignorant. I graduated high school at one point. Oh wow! Years, um, and yeah, and that was actually given to me. I was supposed to graduate with 1.5, but because I was good at football, I got a couple mm. of grades this week. Um, so I struggled in school uh, a lot. Um, it was hard for me to read. I only actually uh, attended like real high school for two years. So my um, my junior and senior years were actually like my real uh, only two years in, in, in a normal high school. I was incarcerated. Um, at the age of 15 for about 13 years wow. or so. And uh, yeah, so I spent my entire freshman year um, incarcerated. And after that, I came home. I, my sophomore year, I was pretty much um, just going through alternative school and trying to get back into the school system. So yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've gotten to, into my fair share of trouble, uh, giving my mom mm. enough heartache and headaches. And, you know, but ultimately got garbage and snatched me out of all of that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. God's good for that statue. Um, so that's, that's, wow, that's a really good um, intro. I'm like, wow, that's a lot in there. Um, like, wow. So, okay. So can you tell us like a little bit more about your journey then? Like what motivates you? Cause like even just hearing like a 1.9 GPA and I don't know you personally, but like, you know, just from being in the same, same church and like watching from afar, that's not something that anyone would guess. So like, you know, just, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I came from, you know, my mom was a single parent of four boys. Um, now, I just I, I struggled in school because there was a lot going on in my environment. There was a lot going on in my home. I never felt that I was actually smart enough. Uh, I think um, earlier on, I was able to, um, and I think this is by God's grace, I was able to identify. Uh, I guess like the other mm. side of the fence. You know, I was very, I was very um, mm. observant. So I knew, I knew, I knew what my environments had to, you know, had to offer. 
but I also paid attention to those who, who weren't in my environment, who, who came from neighborhoods that yeah. didn't look like mine or, you know, that was pretty contrary to mine. And um, because of that, I, I began to develop this uh, thought that I just wasn't smart enough. Um, and it actually put me in a place where I became very introverted and I didn't like to speak. I didn't like to talk. So I would actually, I was very shy already, you know, at that, but I became very introverted and because I felt ignorant. Um, I didn't like, um, you know, holding conversations with those who weren't from wow. my environment. So I wouldn't, you know, go, I wouldn't call and, 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 and the pizza man and, and on the phone, I couldn't talk to anybody on the phone in terms of like ordering my own pizza. Uh, if we were at the store, I would force my brother to go talk to the store clerk uh, versus me. Um, especially if there was somebody in school or, you know, someone who didn't look like me or come from my background, I would rarely want to speak to them because I didn't want to sound mm. ignorant. And, um, and, you know, over time, you know, uh, that began, I began to really work on that and realize that it's up to me to really yeah. change that, you know? So I began to really, uh, I guess, really hone in on, on understanding language and understanding how to uh, speak eloquently as uh, as possible. I'm not the most eloquent speaker, but I try my yeah. best. And yeah, so I try to overcome all the all the fears that I that I had, and you know, and for some reason, I always had the most to say, <laughs> even though I was probably the most quiet person in the room. <laughs> I think that that's an observant thing. So, like, I think that comes from that being observant. Like when you're not speaking as much and you're just watching, because um, like. I'm pretty observant myself and it's not necessarily because I'm quiet. It's just that I want to watch to see how I'm going to react or how you're going to react or if I even want to talk to you um, and what I actually want to say. Um, so I think like that just comes from like just being observant about your environment. So, um, wow. Like I know you, you also mentioned like um, not being very good at reading, like to just hear the books that you read, like, you know, that you're constantly reading, like what kind of helped you um, to kind of fall in love with reading? Or are you in love with reading, you know, or are you just more in love with knowledge? Um, but, you know, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm more so in love with uh, wisdom and, and understanding um, and knowledge as well. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say I have a, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't love reading, but it's not like I just, you know, I'm yeah. about it. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm more so, you know, everything I do, I try to be intentional about it. So, um, I, I don't really read anything outside of, um, something I feel like it's going to help me with my purpose or anything like that. And it's not really, you know, that I'm forcing myself to do that. It's just what happens. I typically just buy things that I, I really want to understand. I want more understanding on. Um, so, you know, it just, it just, it was a process. Um, and I just had to keep reading, keep reading and Google was yeah. a huge help. I literally, I, I'm the person who. Google the word and, and, and listen to the translation, mm. like, you know, and, and identify how, how they're supposed to be said. And um, I'll even like YouTube it and watch how people pronounce the word. And, you know, so I really had to work, you know, over the years to keep doing that. I still do that wow. to this day uh, because, I, because I feel like I still need a lot of work. But um, I don't know. I think it's something because I'm not sure if it's because God has a purpose yeah. to speak. Um, but he's definitely put it on my heart to, sh to sharpen those skills. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe that's maybe good. That's so good. Um, 
Because, like, I think it's a great skill to kind of be able to have effective conversation with people. Um, so that's really good. And that's good that you're kind of, like, um, you know, like, even from, like, making sure that you're enunciating the words correctly. Like, I think that's awesome. Because sometimes, like, you can. You can see a word and be like, mm, I know how to say that. And <laughs> when you hear somebody say it, it's like, that's not how you say that word. Um, so I think it's, I think that's really good, like to not only just identify the word, but also, um, actually know how to say it. Uh, cause I know like reading is like a really, it's a really big thing, like math and reading, um, in, in the black and brown community, like a lot of our kids are like very deficient. Um, and I know for me, I don't like math. I never liked math <laughs> and it wasn't until college so I had like um, uh, statistics, business statistics that I actually under like math made sense to me because math was always remember formulas. And the way I the way I kind of like learn is I have to understand why things are wired the way they are in order for me to understand it and be able to plug it anything into it. And a lot of math teachers are like, well, just remember the formula like <laughs> And I'm like, well, why did they make the formula that way? Like, I was that kid, like, one plus one equals two. Well, what, why does one plus one equal two? Like, how did somebody decide to make that a thing? So, and math was something that a lot of teachers couldn't explain. It was, you remember the formula, and then you plug numbers in. But I'm like, that's what I was confused about. And the same thing was reading. Reading, like, the material was very boring. Um, and it wasn't until middle school um, that I had a teacher that kind of like taught me, no, it was elementary school. I had a teacher that taught me how to pick books based on what I was interested in. So outside of the classroom, like really finding books that I was interested in. And that's kind of like how, but I was still like below reading level for most of high school, like all of high school. <laughs> um, and somehow uh, I actually got like a four on the DSTP, which was like uh, a miracle. Um, but it was just like, you know, that's how, kind of like how I developed like the ability to like really love reading was I had to find, like I had a teacher that taught me how to find books. Well, she figured out what I was interested in and taught me how to pick books based on what I was interested in. And like for you, right. um, what was your experience like, like kind of like finding what you wanted to read about? Did somebody like kind of like help you with that guidance or was that just something that you just figured out yourself? Um, I would say it was, it really came hand in hand with my transition to like my my uh, my conversion to um, Christianity and mm. Christ and accepting um, uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It all came hand in hand. So it was mainly um, me just trying to dive into, like you said, the why behind the thing. I'm that individual as well where I love to identify the why. It helps me remember as well, um, not just the the surface information. Uh, you know, I won't remember. The, you know, stats and mm -hmm. all the time, but um, if you if you help me really understand the why behind something, I can definitely, um, you know, conceive it and remember it. So, uh, just just as I I was being converted and um, I just wanted to pick up on things, and I think right before that process, before I even accepted Christ, I was just on a search for um, uh, you know, purpose and why this whole world even exists and why we exist mm -hmm. as humans and. You know, I think every everybody at some point in our lives asks those yeah. questions. You know, why am I here? Who put me here? What am I here for? Um, so that led me to you know diving in and reading certain things that um, 
yeah, and just reading in general. And yeah, so that's probably when the process started and it kept going um, because I, I just, like I ask God all the time to keep this hunger for truth and keep uh, this hunger for knowledge, uh, this hunger to understand. Yeah. So everything that I do is connected to that and everything that I read is connected to that for me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Christ? How has it impacted your life? Like, you've kind of, like, said a little bit about it, but can you just tell us a little bit more um, about your relationship with Christ and, you know, just how it's impacted you? Yeah, it's it's changed me completely, um, 100%. So uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I guess, in terms of how I came to Christ a little bit. Um, you know, growing up, my mom was definitely a, a woman of God. She, she still is a woman of God. She took a yeah. church. Uh, but it got, it got to a point where when we, you know, I guess puberty hit and we started getting muscles and stuff like that, we were able to say no to her. And we started to rebel. So it was a long period of time where I was not um, going to church at all. Um, and then, you know, as life went on, you know, the typical, you know, sports guy, you know, just out mm. partying, drinking, smoking, and stuff of that nature. Uh, but when I was in college a few years ago, um, you know, football was always my life. So there was a time where I actually got hurt and the doctors uh, did an MRI and they ended up finding something uh, else uh, that wasn't related to the injury I had. Oh, wow. And they stated that I was no longer able to play football because of this abnormal bone that I supposedly have in my neck um, that can, uh, you know, make me, if I get hit the wrong way, I can Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and that was, that was crushing to me because I'd, I had never... I uh, thought of my life and my identity outside of being uh, an mm. athlete. Um, so when I was kind of stripped away from me, I didn't know who I was. And I guess, like, I started to ask the questions, like, okay, well, if you're not identifying as, a, as an athlete, then who yeah. are you? And, you know, so that's when I believe Christ it, uh, came to my rescue because um, I, I you know, kind of went into a, a spiral of, I would say, the, uh, depression of some kind where... I, I just had all I just had all these questions and have yeah. and it just felt like this 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 I guess darkness that that resided in me that I couldn't shake. I tried to fight it for some time, um, but it became overwhelming at the time. And this is nothing that I've ever dealt with before. I've always been a very um, strong-minded individual um, and mentally willing myself through problems and trauma and stress, uh, but this mm. time I couldn't. And that was very different for me. I couldn't shake it. So after maybe a year or so, I decided one day this is enough. And I literally just got on my knees and I began to pray. Um, and at that time, I didn't know who I was praying to. I just asked, you know, God. Yeah. God. Um, and, I, and I asked God, whoever, you know, the truth is, uh, whatever the truth is, I want it. Um, I'm, I'm done trying to force my life and figure all this out myself clearly. I didn't put myself here, but whoever the truth is, if it's Allah, Confucius, if it's Muhammad, um, whatever, yeah. I want it. And um, from that point, you know, I began to, you know, um, feel a sense that God was bringing me to Christ. There was a Bible that was always in my apartment at the time, and I would look over at it, and I didn't want to acknowledge it because I felt that I would be biased because it's my mom um, raised mm. me in um, So I... I I kind of stepped away like, oh, no, God, I don't think that's what you're telling me the truth is. But um, the feeling became um, stronger and stronger. 
um, and I, I picked the Bible up and I began to ask a lot of questions and and um, yeah, from that point on, after that prayer, actually, um, is when that feeling of depression literally dispersed, literally right after the prayer. I got up off my knees and I no longer felt that. Uh, that was like my first experience with God wow. himself. Um, and that was that was a strong enough experience for me to realize that he heard me and that uh, he had me. And he, was, he was there to answer my questions. So Christ has been literally transform, uh, a transformation for me uh, from the inside out and Everybody who knew me, who knew me before giving my life to Christ, they're kind of, you know, wide-eyed when they look at me now because uh, they they know <laughs> they know that you know anything that I do is not not a not a gimmick or anything like that. Is when I do something yeah. for real. So yeah, he's he's been he's been transforming for me in every area of my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, isn't it God to just come and like just turn everything upside down? He'd be like, oh, I got this guy. Mm-hmm. He's like. <laughs> what do you got <laughs> like because like I'm sure like before like you don't realize like when you're not living with God you don't realize that there's something like truly truly missing until like there's something like some it's crazy like some something traumatic or tragic or whatever it may be that happened to kind of like wake you up out of whatever you like you've been like walking through to where it's like oh okay like that place that I was in or that thought process that I kind of like operated on all my life, it served me then, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, it, it will always, everything will always lead back to him. And it's like, you know, cause like that bone in your neck that they said that like was there was like, that was always there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, unless it just grew, I don't know, which is also possible with God, who knows? Um, but it's like, you know, for that, like, in that specific time, in that specific moment, for you to kind of, like, go through that, like, such specific things um, to get you to where, like, ultimately you come to Christ. Like, I just think, like, God's just so awesome with orchestrating things. Um, Like, you know, even in hearing your story. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. Like, you know, God's, like, really awesome in that way. and Just kind of, like, orchestrating, like, how we get to him. Um, yeah. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing at times. It's, it's like what you know. Um, the doctors did say I was I was born with this. Uh, literally, I have I guess a bone that's in pieces. It's supposed to be a solid bone. Um, and I don't know. I have my own theory about this because there was a time where I was incarcerated. Mm. Um, and me me and my uh, my roommate at the time uh, were playing around and we were um, holding each other in headlocks. Uh. Uh, he you know. Asked me like, "Hey, look, I noticed one headlock. Um, let me try it on you. I won't squeeze too hard." And I let him, but of course, he squeezed wow. very hard. And my neck was never the same after that. I felt a crack or something like that in my neck, and it was never the same. After wow. That. Um, so I believe that's what yeah. happened. But the doctor says that that's not the case. Because, you know that that I was born with it. Um, but like you said, God orchestrated it. Yeah. And it's just it's just mind blowing for him to, to you know for me to really um see that and like you know just wow like he had this this is all part of your plan right wow and and I think too the amazing thing with God is too like our experiences and our stories it's like um if you've never been through anything 
how can you tell somebody how to get out of it? So it's like, you know, sometimes like we're like, okay, well, God, why did I have to go through this? Because I'm somebody, I don't want to go through any of it. I'm like, God, okay, if you tell me what's going to happen, then I won't do it. I'll do something else. Like <laughs> just avoid mm -hmm. um, the, the outcome that's going to be pleasant or unpleasant for me. Um, like if I can, you know, navigate it to where I don't feel that unpleasantness of life, I would. But it's just like, you know, the awesome thing is that God is is so much more uh, profound in in like that messy part of our stories. Like, you know, like when you hear what somebody like used to do or who they used to be. And then now you look at them like and it's like, oh, over here on Christ. And like, it's like, oh, that, that was you. You were doing that. <laughs> like there's no testimony like recognizing like yes god is the god that can keep us from so many things um he can keep us from the drugs he can keep us from the alcohol he can keep us from you know the abuse he can keep us from all of those things yes he can do that um but there is just something like so profound still about when god like doesn't necessarily keep you from it but keep you while you're in it and then the person like comes out on the other side and you see them and it's like you've been through all that <laughs> like you um like you know i think it's just amazing how god works um you know and just people's testimonies i agree i agree long suffering is definitely a spirit uh, a yes and it's one that we don't <laughs> we don't really acknowledge as much we don't want to um experience as much uh but there's so much beauty in it you know there's so much freedom in it as yeah well. um like you said there's not only freedom for us, but freedom for others who have who are currently going through it, but they may not be in the yeah. Christ. So, um, yeah, you know, God, God used Moses during the time when he was, you know, um, you know, under Pharaoh to go back and 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 reach those people. You know, if he didn't have that experience from um, Egypt, how would he have been able to reach those people? You know, yeah. So, um, it, you know, he he's with us through it all, um, and I've I've been able to. Um, come to peace with with anything that come, comes you know it's not gonna feel good but i understand he's shown me enough that if you just go through it and you trust him throughout the process um, yeah I got you. And, and whatever outcome is always going to be the best outcome for you because god is just a loving god he wants the best for us uh but he wants us for his name's sake not ours so um it may not always look good it may not always feel good but it's uh it is good because god is amen good. amen amen so you mentioned like earlier too that you were that kid that had the 1.9 GPA and you know can you just brag on God a little bit about who you are right now what do you do like right now like you know because a 1.9 GPA um, when most people hear that they might be like oh working at the grocery store you know working at Walmart which I you know if you work at Walmart that's good Walmart they have really good perks. Um, so <laughs> I don't say that to like bash anybody that works at Walmart or anything like that. But, you know, when people think of that, like a 1.9 GPA, they're like probably thinking, oh, well, what, what you going to do? So like, can you just brag on God a little bit about like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah, so I'm currently a software engineer for JP Morgan Chase. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. yeah so definitely uh, if you were to ask me a few years ago, if I ever seen myself being a software engineer, I would, you know, yeah, I would have said no, and there's no possible way. Um, 
but like I said, when when I said that that Christ came in and literally changed me from the inside out, um, I heard about this program that was offering like a twelve week boot camp to teach you, you know, the, the fundamentals of Java yeah. and um, software engineering. Um, and for some reason, it sat on my spirit and to just apply and to do it. And I knew it was going to be hard, um, but I knew if you know if I if I had faith and I just really devoted you know my time to it, that I could actually figure it out. Um, and the crazy thing about it is that 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 program actually taught me how to learn. If mm. that makes sense. Um, yeah, I you know I didn't I never realized that you know you had there's effective ways of yeah. learning. Um, I just I just thought that you know you you know you either learn mm-hmm. or you don't. But you know that program has taught me um, an effective way of learning. So yeah, I, I, I went to the program. I finished it. Uh, just even getting into the program itself, I think it's like a seven percent chance. I was twenty nine. Uh, I was with in the twenty nine cohort out of four hundred and fifty. Wow. Um, yeah. So I had to pass the, the assessment and go through all the interviews and things of that nature. But when I tell you, it was God all that's, the way. It was Him all the way. Awesome. That's that's awesome. Like, okay. I'm like software engineer. What is that? What do you do? Like, like, do you make programs? Like, what is that? Well, in my role, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not as much as a coder anymore. So through the program, they teach you how to code, you know, create software programs and uh, the things that we use on a daily basis. Um, But in my role specifically, I'm not really diving into code, so I'm not creating new code any any longer. Um, However, I still have those skills. Um, I'm mainly assisting those who are doing so, and I'm more so in the cybersecurity realm as well. Um, so I kind of have like two roles in one. One is called a site reliability engineer, who uh, are the software engineers, um, and they do know how to code. However, we're not building applications; we're maintaining them. Oh, that okay, that's awesome. Like clearly, you know, like it's always good to like kind of hear how God kind of like turns things around, because that's definitely. Like when you tell your story before and then you say what you're doing now, I hope hopefully you guys all get that. Like, you know, like no matter where you are and no matter what you've been through, like just the ability of God to kind of like turn things around in a way that like you might not even imagine. Um, Cause that's, that's incredible. Um, so I'm going to switch it just a little bit. Cause like you did tell us um, in like three of your favorite things that you are a father um, so I know you have like a little baby girl and a boy. Um, how has that experience been for you? It's been life changing. Um, you know, with, with having both a boy and a girl, they they both they both taught me a lot in different ways. Um, my son, particularly, just you know, I believe I was like twenty two when he was born. I believe. Um, and it was scary. Mm-hmm. The first thing I did was literally put my seatbelt on. I'm like, you know, I never <laughs> drove with my seatbelt on at the time. But it literally changed me like the first, like, you know, once I found out his mother was pregnant with him, I'm like, hey, you have to stay alive, like, at all costs. Because uh, I had a big fear of leaving mm. him here by himself. Um, you know, like I said, I was in a single mother home. Um, and I love my father, um, but he, he yeah. was around. Um, and and that hurt growing up, you know. I didn't like to acknowledge it, and I tried to hide it a lot. Uh, but as I got older, it became more profound, you know, the pain of, of a mm. 
felt. I didn't want my boy to feel that. So, um, but he changed me in many ways. You know, seeing him grow um, and being a, a little, a little, a little me. Mm. Sense, it, it was kind of like I had a walking. Yeah. Um, not only does he resemble me, but in terms of some some characteristics in his, his attitude um, that resemble me, um, and, and and just realizing that he's going to have to go through a lot of all of the emotions that I. Had to yeah. through, and I knew the outcome of how I handled those emotions, and a lot of times it went right. And I see that I have to now not only teach him, but I also have to learn for myself um, how to deal with those emotions: anger, um, lust, yeah. you know, bitterness, resentfulness, and um, you know, hurt, and all these things. And I, I realized when he when he was he was born and began to talk and walk. Um, and I started to see him um, you know, express those things that I you know, didn't really know how to explain to him how to handle them. So I had to co learn. Wow. Um, yeah. My daughter, on the, on the other hand, uh, having a daughter is so special. And I, I don't know. I, I heard a lot of men speak about it um, and say that when you have a daughter, she's going she's gonna to take your heart. And, and it's so true. It really is. Um, she, she, she's very special. Both of my children are very special. But one thing that she has been really teaching me um, is how to love women mm. and how to respect women. And um, I think you know my future wife is going to benefit so much because of how I'm uh, I'm learning uh, the things that I'm learning from my wow. Life. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm realizing that in on both sides, you know, because like I said, I'm very observant. So I'm realizing that. Um, women, um, preferably you know, your wife, not only wants a husband, but she wants a father in a sense. Mm. Um, and I, I get those, I get these examples with my daughter. Um, and you know, I do her hair, and you know, she jumps off my lap once I'm done with doing her hair. She just turns right around and looks at me and waits for me to acknowledge how beautiful. Yeah. She is. And when I put that into a bigger perspective, it's like. Yes, women want to know how beautiful they are, no matter yeah. what. You know, um, and, and not only that, and the, you know, the the security and the protection. Um, for example, my son, when he was born, he's my firstborn. Um, I would I always wanted him to lay on my chest and fall asleep on my chest, but he didn't mm. want to. My daughter, on the other hand, she requires <laughs> it, you know, and, and it just shows that. And there were times where I couldn't figure out why she wasn't falling asleep. She was laying on my chest. Um, and then I would just think of something like, hey, maybe hold her tighter. And so she feels secure. And when I do that, she would just fall right asleep. So it just taught me like, oh, I yeah. see. There's a, there's a pattern here. Even, you know, while she's young, she wants to feel secure. And even when she's older, she wants to yeah. feel her husband. So, yeah, both sides have been teaching me. Um, both of my kids have been teaching me a lot about manhood, about um, marriage, um, and I I don't know how God is dropping these jewels in, into my mind, but he's giving them to me. So I'm Clearly. I'm like, I don't I don't think I've ever like had a conversation with a guy that um talks or or is able to connect fatherhood with uh marriage or relationships. So I think that's that's God's definitely doing something over there. Um Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um so I also kind of like wanted to ask you about, so with having little kids, um, like 
most of our kids are kind of, like they feel the effect of like what's going on with COVID and you know just like the racial tension like do, does your kids kids feel that like do they feel anything or you know because they are they're still pretty young right so like yeah. do they feel anything and then like also you know like I know like I work at a community center so we had to talk to uh, we had to talk to our babies or kids in kindergarten just kind of like you know because they when the um when the oh my gosh when the riots and stuff for lack of a better word because I'm not thinking riots but when they were breaking in looted so when they were looted and the marches were taking place um the kids were like very aware of it um they were very aware aware of what's going on and then also with like you know all the deaths so they were aware of like kind of like the climate um but they weren't given necessarily a space to kind of like talk so I don't know if your kids are like affected in that way um you know but is that something that you can talk a little bit about sure I mean my daughter's too so she's yeah um my son understands a bit you know um I had to have a conversation with him to let him know what's going on and I know his mom had a conversation with yeah um and just to give him an understanding that hey um you know sometimes because of the color of your skin um some people may not understand yeah. you and you know some people may treat you different uh because you look different you know um and you know it's it's kind of difficult to really break it down to children and a lot of times i i really just try to simplify it as much but i don't want to yeah it, uh, because i think the biggest the biggest thing that they uh will get from it is what you do during mm. time, um as, as a parent and he knows what's going on. Uh, we've had the conversation, but he's also observing how I'm handling it. Um, and in many ways, you know, there are a lot of people who are very vocal um, about how they feel and yeah. around their children, and that's okay as long as you're you're expressing how you feel in a in a manner that's going to be beneficial. To yeah. You. So if you're expressing um, hatred mm. and uh, un- uncontrolled anger, because anger is not a bad thing, but anger. The Bible tells you to be angry yeah. and sin not. Um, but if they see you sinning uh, because of the result of anger, then you're ultimately teaching them how to uh, deal with any pandemic or any any um, social justice issue in the same yeah. manner. So I, I, I try uh, to do more doing than, than speaking to my children because I realize that in the time to come, they will they will be able to revert back to it. And, um, it's not always going to be my words that they, they actually um, yeah. My yeah yeah that's good that's true um that's tr- very true um because i i think like we can always go back to i think growing up like the expression really that our parents like our parents lived by was do as i say not as i do <laughs> um so it's like you know i told you to do something <laughs> i'm expecting you to do that thing but like, as kids, we're watching what you do. So it's like, we're going to do what you've done, not what you tell us to do. Um, because it's like, it's an action thing. So we're looking at our parents, their action, like what they're actually doing. Um, and I think like, too, like oftentimes that contradiction between what's being said and what's being done is very confusing. So so I think that's, that's really good. Because like, I know that was confusing growing up. It's like, okay, so... You said this, but you're doing this. I really don't know um, what to do. 
Um, so I think that's really good in kind of like modeling, like appropriate behavior, appropriate like actions as much as possible in front of them, not just telling them about the situation, but actually modeling how they should kind of like walk it out so that that's really good. Um, all right. So like as a, cause you're also like, I learned this, um, on, uh, one of the interviews that like you're Hispanic. So you're, you know, like as a black Hispanic male, like kind of like, can you speak to like the racial disparities in America? So like, like how were you affected by, like, are you affected by what's going on now? And were you affected by, um, just kind of like, cause I think for, for, it seems for some reason, like most of America has, uh, awoken <laughs> to, um, the racial disparities that, that's, that's kind of like been here, but like most of America is like waking up, um, to what's going on. And it's just like, for you, like, have you, um, you know, like, has it affected you, like, in growing up and, like, you know, like, from, you know, growing up in America, like, were you affected by the racial disparities? Did you ever feel um, different because of a skin color? Like, because I know it's, like, really tough, too, like, when you grow up in poverty, um, like, to kind of, like, associate what's, like, poverty and what's racial. Um Cause like people often ask, like, even for myself, like, okay, are you discriminated because you're a woman or because you're black or because you're immigrant? Like, I truly sometimes don't know which one it is. Um, but for you, like, are you like, you know, do you have any experiences in growing up in America that were, you know, you know, you could clearly tell that it was because of your skin or did your skin make you feel less than um, in the environment that you grew up in? I hope I made that clear. <laughs> Very, very, very. And um, 100%, you know, so just to give you a little bit of context, I am, um, you know, Latino or whatever. Um, I'm actually full, you know, Hispanic, so I'm actually um, half Puerto Rican and half Dominican. Uh, but if you, uh, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who originally thought that I was like, oh, he's definitely Spanish. I've always been kind of identified as a black male, or African-American male. Um, and of course, you know our roots are in Africa, so it, it it's not it's not far yeah. off. So, um, but yeah, I um, I have I have experienced a lot of that, especially coming up in you know the neighborhoods that I that I came up in. And I guess I I, I gave that uh, emphasis on being you know a full Latino uh, because uh, there is a dynamic even with that um, growing up in poverty or growing up in you know primarily. Um, African-American um, neighborhoods and you being the only family that are that, that's Spanish, mm. um, you know, in your neighborhood, um, you look black, but they can tell by your mom, she's completely Puerto Rican. Um, she looks almost white that, you know, you guys are the only Spanish kids around. Mm. So that, that was, there was a little confusion, you know, growing up, um, even with that. And uh, the fact that me and my brothers didn't actually speak Spanish, you know, my, my whole family is pretty much uh, fluent in um, our native language, uh, but we aren't. So there was a, a dilemma there. Um, if you if you know about the Spanish community, you know that um, they don't qualify you as quote unquote a real you know Puerto Rican or a real Dominican if you can't speak. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm not you know I am Spanish, but I'm not qualified enough because of not being able to speak the language. Um, I would have Spanish members literally tell me to my face that I'm not a real Puerto Rican or I'm not a real Dominican because of that. But then on the other hand, when I go home, 
um, you know, the neighborhood lets us know that we're, you know, we're the sticks of the, of the, of the neighborhood, mm. you know, and that we're not, we're not really black. So there's like, okay, what am yeah. I, you know? Um, so there, you know, that, that, that's the racial injustice within our own community yeah. itself. Uh, but I, I know I mentioned the, you know, earlier in the conversation, how I would peek, kind of, I gave the idea where I would peek over the gate and I could see how, you know, yeah. others lived who were outside of my community. Um, and yeah, that was, um, you know, reflecting on the poverty, but it was also reflecting on the differences um, in our nature yeah. and, and the skin color, you know, because yeah. um, I remember going to my middle school, I had this good friend whose name was, his name was Vinny. Um, he was a white, white kid. And I really liked yeah. him. Uh, I, I was invited to his mom's house. His mom treated me great. Uh, but I guess his mom and his dad was, were split. Um, and then another time I was invited to his dad's house uh, and his dad didn't treat me as well as, as his mom. Wow. I could tell that it was because of how I looked and how I may have carried myself at the time that he just didn't want his son around me. So after that weekend, um, spending time with Vinny, I was told uh, when I got back to school that I was no longer allowed to you know, be around him or, or wow. speak to him. Um, and, and, I'm, and I was told it was because of my... Um, I guess my behavior in school as mm. well, but you know, me being a father now and just seeing um, and knowing how hard manhood is, I know that it wasn't just because of my behavior. I think it was just another father uh, neglecting the opportunity to help a young man yeah. that, that looked different than him, you know. Um, and you know, also have experience with cops as well. Of course, uh, my brother has a, a, a real experience with, with police brutality. Mm. Um, you know, he was actually uh, being chased by the police, and because uh, he made them run and sweat, you know, when he actually caught him, they, 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 you know, they handcuffed him, put him in the back of a the van, and and literally beat him up with with his hands behind. Oh wow! Yeah, um, you know, so we 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 we've definitely seen. Um, you know, I've experienced pretty much everything that uh, the world is awakening to now. Yeah, and in a sense, you know because I, I grew up thinking it was the norm. Um, I, you know, this has been an eye-opening thing for me as well to realize like, hey, yeah, we do actually need to change. Yeah. Like right now, you know, and um, I guess I didn't, you know, because it was just a part of my life and the way I grew up and I just thought it, was, it just came with the game kind of in a sense. I didn't really... Um, had too much thought about it actually changing and how we could ever, you know, do so. I just thought it was too far-fetched to happen. So um, I'm glad that it's being exposed. Um, and I'm glad it's exposing everybody yeah. on every angle, not just, the, you know, the, the yeah. police, but, you know, black-on-black -black yeah. crime as well, because, you know, that's one thing that we really have to get a handle on as well. We can't, um, we can't hurt each other. And I know that that comes down from... Um, Taught, being taught, you know, and being oppressed, yeah. um, and being, you know, divided in our own community, but we, we're responsible for our response. We can't, we can't, um, we can no longer blame anyone else. Uh, we hold people accountable, but we as a community have to, like, hold people accountable, but also hold ourselves accountable to really uh, make change within ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. I think it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a big issue, like, um, the racial tension, like, we feel it um, not as just, like, a black on uh, white or 
you know, brown because <laughs> white thing. It's 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 also like within because like uh, earlier episode like had a conversation and like this is something that I've like had conversations uh, previously with people about is just colorism and how colorism is just like a really huge thing in it's not just in a black community, it's in every community that's non-white. Um, so it's in the Asian communities, it's in uh, the Hispanic communities, it's in um, Indian communities, like any community that's non-white, that whole idea of the lighter you are, um, like the treatment is different. Um, or your your beauty is, um, is, is, I guess, a little bit more concrete for people versus like as you get you know as you're I think it all just kind of like stems from slavery you know the the field slaves versus the house slave and it just that mentality kind of like never went away it just kind of like changed it looks different now um and the word for it now is like colorism it's just like you know every community has that that's why like no matter what community especially um they're like a bunch of bleaching um bleaching creams, lotions, um, whatever you can find, because the treatment is very different uh, for a lighter skinned person versus a dark skinned person in every single community, which is, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, you know, like every time, like I just think about it, I'm just like, I don't know, like, like this racial thing is just so big. Um, it it's so big and it, it's, I don't know that will, actually we will never fix it <laughs> like i think that's like something like you kind of like die and get away from but i think it can get better um and i do feel like like we're working towards better right now um we're definitely in a different place that we've been in previously because it is it's 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 more than just a white on black thing and it's exhausting, honestly, just even kind of thinking about that, like that is just not a white on black thing. It's it's you have to deal with it in your communities as well. So once you fight that fight, then you go into your own individual communities. You have to fight that um, because there's so many classes. So even, you know, like even in the white community, they're fight, fighting against classes like, uh, you know, the rich versus the poor and the middle class, like <laughs> Uh, because there's like there's so many boxes that people can check off and there's a fight within every single box um so yeah like that just gave me a headache just kind of thinking about that um <laughs> but yeah, i totally agree i totally agree i think um one the one true remedy um and the only remedy i truly believe is practice mm-hmm. um and I say that because um, Christ is single-minded. You know, um, the Bible tells us that anybody who, you know, a man who's double-minded is um, unstable in all his ways. And, um, re- you know, the reason I say that is because, like you said, there are so many boxes. Yeah. Um, there are so many, you know, areas and so many layers to this. But um, once we simplify it, we realize, like, the foundational um, root to all of this is the fall of man and sinful nature mm. in man, um, then it becomes simplified. Yeah. You know, and, and we have to deal with the sin um, of man. Um, not always the, the perception or the, the ideologies uh, that, that man holds in their minds about skin color, yeah. and about this, and about oppression, 
we have to deal with the sinful nature because if we deal with the sinful nature, man, um, you are you're getting to the root, you're getting to the heart um, and the will of every human on this earth. And that's all God wants to do. He wants to deal with our, our, our heart. He wants to deal with our will. Um, and that's why Christ, you know, he, when he taught us to pray, he told us, you know, that the state that God's will be done yeah. here on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and I think uh, we have to, um, especially as us as the body of Christ, um, we, we tend to try to uh, divide um, or separate social injustice uh, despite from, you know, our belief in yeah. Christ. Whereas, like, 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 if Christ doesn't belong in this argument yeah. or in this battle, you know, we don't hear too many, you know, uh, people in, in the world speaking about this. We're not, nobody's speaking about sin yeah. as much. Um, and that's the root cause of it. And, you know, we have to continue to highlight that, that there's only one remedy to sin, and that is, you know, complete submission to our, you know, and trust in our Lord and Savior Christ. And like I mentioned earlier, he's literally transformed me from the inside yeah. out, you know. My heart can't even uh, uh, take the burden of hate mm. any longer because he's in me. You know, even when Will wants to hate someone, even when Will wants to hold a grudge against someone, it's contrary to the spirit. Yeah. Um, and, and and God's spirit, which which ultimately completely convicts me. So if we if we can build a nation where people are being convicted by the Holy Spirit because they accepted Christ, then we can build a nation where people are. Uh, truly, you know, um, healed and, and truly able to love one another, no matter what they look like. Yeah. But uh, once we conquer sin, you know, um, like you said, this will never change. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Like, you know, and just like with that in mind, like, you know, as a Christian, do you find like that the church is doing enough to like promote equality or call out inequality? Um does the church get it? Like, do you feel like the, you know, like the church as a whole um, gets like the whole inequality concept and like kind of like calling it out? So, you know, kind of like what's going on because the church seems kind of kind of split right now, um, and how to handle this and when to speak and what to do and you know, is it is marching okay? Is marching not okay? Um, you know. Uh, speaking out like you know against when you see the inequality like actually like making a public statement about it like you know like kind of like what are your thoughts on that like is is like are as a church are we doing enough to kind of like call it out are we doing enough to to kind of like make our mark or to show people like a different way um to kind of like handle what's going on because I, I think people are searching for a way to kind of handle or navigate or fight or whatever it may be. Um, but I don't know that the church is very vocal um, in kind of like helping people navigate right now. Um, like, you know, like what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's simple for me. Honestly, it's preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times as humans we can become um, – prideful but it's, it's it's subtle pride in a way but we, we don't we don't know we're being prideful but we feel like we have to be the answer mm. uh what the gospel contains all of the answers to every problem we have um so it's simple for me preach the gospel you know um preach the gospel to everyone continuously non-stop and this is something i'm challenging myself to do you know um because 
you know, over this time, like you said, it's, it, it is confusing. We, you know, I don't think anybody on earth, you know, or not many people on earth uh, living still uh, have much experience with, um, with this. Yeah. You know, we do have olders who, who, who've walked with Dr. Martin Luther King and, and have gone through that. Yeah. Um, but majority of the, the preachers and pastors at this moment, yeah, we've all experienced social justice or social injustice, but we never truly experienced um, how, how to, you know, go against it and, and, and speak on it. And, yeah. Um, but but it's truly simple. You know, my eye just to speak the gospel and to preach the gospel. And, and I think uh, we got to let, you know, uh, Christ and, and the spirit itself to uh, do the work in, in people um, because we, we don't we don't have the answers. We, we were never meant to, you know, in a sense. We were never meant to have all the answers to everything. Yeah. Um, God, we, we were just meant to be the vessel. So... Um, I think, you know, there are churches I see, you know, who are striving um, to uh, really, really do work within their, their body to yeah. uh, be more inclusive in terms of uh, race. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that that's definitely a strive that the church needs to needs, needs to be more uh, intentional about. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I'm not I'm not experienced enough as. A church goer, I guess, you know, to know how how they should go about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I still have some years under my belt before I can even really uh, put my finger on how you know how a pastor should lead his his crop or lead his his, his church into being more um, inclusive of other races and things of that nature. But you know, for me, you know, I try to simplify it as much, and it's it's only it's it's, it's love. It's God's love. Yeah. And, we have to let that be the forefront of everything we do, um, no matter what. So at this time, you know, like it was crazy. I just posted something not too long ago, and I seen how literally the Bibles were being at the beginning of this pandemic. The Bibles were being, you know, brought out on, and you know, just completely, um, you know, sold out on all, on all the stores. Oh People wow! Really, okay. Really yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, so many Bibles were being um, just bought from so many people, and this is just people who, and this is the spirit working within us when we know the truth. We already have the truth. Yeah. In and, and, um, we just decide whether we want to walk in it or not. So yeah. th- just knowing that we all have the ability to have that conviction, to have, to be able to be um, led by the spirit, we just have to do that. And um, I, I, I'm a true believer that the gospel contains every answer to every problem we have. And if we just let that be the forefront of our initiative to anything, whether it be inclusion, um, you know, racial injustice, uh, it'll, it, it'll always bring the answers that we're looking for. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, I've learned as much that, like, the Bible in its most practical form, like, sometimes you, you might have to, you know, like, no, most of the time. <laughs> you have to kind of, like, sit down and be, kind of be still to to see how it applies to right now because the situation circumstances won't read like a for a and b for b but like the principle of it all will you can see how it applies to whatever it is that you're dealing with right now whatever it is that you're going through right now um so i completely agree like uh, i think i've said it before and like some people are like oh the bible is boring like i remember like i got saved like in high school so like i remember like reading the bible like front to back like and like my favorite version is still the king james version a lot of people are like, oh, they don't understand it. But I'm like, it was like, it was so good. Cause I, like, I like a good TV show. And I'm like, 
when you read like literally like just it's like the ultimate love story and, and like even how God kind of like attempts to show his love to the children of Israel like I think it was like amazing like just the situations and scenarios that he used to kind of like okay well if you don't understand that I love you like if me saying that I love you is not enough like he would literally like just kind of show them like one of my favorite story will kind of still be um now I can't remember the prophet but you know God like tells him to go marry a harlot <laughs> and you know like each time like she would just go back out like and he would tell her he would tell him to go get her and you know at the end of it he's like you know likening it to his, like Israel's relationship to him and he's like that's what happens like every time you every time you go out from me and you leave and you go do your own thing and then when you when you need me I come back and I grab you I come back and I get you and I bring you back to me and I protect you and I it, it, and it was just like it's so awesome I'm like when you read the bible literally it's like you know, just a lens that God kind of goes to, to get to us and to find us and to like pluck us out of whatever it is that we're dealing with. Um, I think is like amazing. So I think you're absolutely right. Like whatever it is that we need, whatever situation that we're dealing with, um, there's definitely a story in there that's kind of able to make it uh, come, come to life a little bit. Um, how are you maintaining your peace during this time? Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I'm the one maintaining it, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I think like I like I mentioned earlier, I believe it's a it's a gift. And the only reason I say that is because uh if I go back to um the example I gave when I when I decided to get on my knees and pray that prayer to God himself, um and that prayer within that prayer itself after I literally said amen, the, the, the feeling of depression really dispersed and, um, you know, it, it made me realize that not, not necessarily that God is, has control of my emotions, mm. that he is the one who gives me um, peace. Um, so now when, when it comes to maintaining it, um, I, I guess there's not much that I do just other than being obedient. Yeah. You know, that's very simple for me i haven't lost it you know throughout all of this throughout the pandemic you know everything that's been going on within our country um my peace hasn't you know hasn't wandered a bit um and i just think that's a gift from god it's not really absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely that's good um so uh what would 12 year old will say to adult will right now so if 12 year old will was to see you right now what would his words be to you what do you think 12 year old will um will look up to 28 year old will's eyes um with tears hmm. and would say i'm proud of you hmm yeah. Well, that's simply put. That's good. <laughs> I think from everything that you shared, like, I think that's, that's absolutely, absolutely true. Um, and can you just take a moment to speak to, cause I know sometimes like as adult, we're adults, um, but for some people or for some of us or there are moments in time where we're operating 
still as little kids. So with that 12 year old child within us um, versus, oh, you know, the age that we actually are right now, because those hurts are those different things. We are still dealing with them or like going through um, kind of reconciling with those things. So can you just take a moment to speak to the 12 year old and every listener right now? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, just, just to reflect on back when I was 12, um, there were so many things that I was doing. Um, you know, I actually began smoking at the age of 12. I began drinking mm. at the age of 12. I learned how to drive at the age of 12. I almost lost my virginity at the age of 12. Wow. Um, so there were so many things that I was doing at the age of 12. And I know that if anybody who's listening, there's got to be a few um, who may be experiencing this right now. Um, and I would say to a 12-year-old or anybody within that that, that age range themselves um, that, you know, be who God called you to be. You know, try your hardest um, to not, um, you know, get caught up in what the world tells you you should look like and what yeah. you should be. Um, I would say protect yourself, protect your integrity, protect your, um, protect your goods. You know, I will, you know, I wish, you know, you know, I love my children, but I wish I was a virgin still. Mm. You know, I, w- I wish I didn't have all the experiences that I had, um, you know, standing here as a 28-year-old man um, and having to deal with them. you got to understand that our minds are literally like, you know, um, a hard drive, a computer hard drive. Mm. You know, we're constantly downloading so many things, pornography, um, you know, uh, violence, um, yeah. anger, um, all types of things that we're downloading day after day after day. Uh, be mindful of what you're watching. Be mindful of what you're listening to. Um, it may feel good to your flesh, but it's not good for your spirit. Yeah. And, um, you have to, uh, and if you believe in God, you know, there's the Bible tells us that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, the spirit will work within anybody. Yeah. It through all truth, you know. So um, don't be afraid to, to walk your own path. Don't be afraid to, to be alone. Um, because even in that you're never alone Um, don't be afraid to be different it's okay if you don't want to do all the things that your friends are doing it's okay if you don't want to have sex with a woman or or a man Um, you know and it's okay if you don't want to you know get high and get drunk that's fine you know it's totally fine don't do it just because of uh, social um, classifications or whatever the case may be Um, just be true to yourself and ask as many questions as you can um, you can always reach out to me. My Instagram is uh, Will Reyes, with spelled with two R's, so W-I-L-L-R-R-E-Y-E-S. Um, you can reach out to me at any point in time, and I, you know, I love to help. I love to give answers and um, give my testimony for those who are walking in some of the path, or just in, in any path, um, to, you know, at any point. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Um, can you share with us, what is your favorite Bible scripture? My favorite Bible scripture is Psalms one nineteen ninety three. I will never forget thy precepts, for by them thou thou hast quickened me. Um, and what that means is that I will never forget thy precepts, meaning your your laws, your judgment, your commandments, uh, because yeah. by them you have revived me, you have revived my soul, um, and that's really my experience with God. Where begin to download his teachings in it and I um a lot of my friends read you know certain books that um I've never even you know had the opportunity to read yet and I realized that the, the principles that they get out of them or, or the principles and teachings and judgments that God gave me 
yeah. um, just through his spirit. And yeah. um, he's literally changed my life. So yes, that that scripture itself is uh, near and dear to my heart, for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Do you have any final words for our listeners? Um, I would say for anybody who's listening, um, that Christ is enough. And mm. the reason I keep, I continue to emphasize this uh, because we are living in the informational stage um, and a lot of us are being deceived in believing that knowledge and having the, the multitude of knowledge is, uh, is, is a good thing and, yeah. um, is, what we, is what we should have. And I'm just here to tell you that um, there, is a, there is a possibility of being knowledgeable about the wrong thing and mm. we have to be wary about all the knowledge that we're gaining um, and not to say, to, to, to continue, not to stay ignorant, mm. uh, but understand that getting to know Christ um, and, you know, testing that truth, you know, don't take my word for it. Don't, don't take my word for it that, you know, that, that Christ is, is real. Um, you heard my testimony, but I, I challenge every listener to go and find out for themselves. Um, ask God for an experience personally um, yeah. for yourself, um, and he'll show you. Um, who Christ is, and he'll 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 give you the true context of what it meant for him to truly die on the cross for us. We hear that so much, and I guess our our ears become desensitized to it. But when we think about the blood that was shed um, yeah. for the remissions of our sins, because we were the ones who turned our backs on God, God came here personally um, to to pay the fine for us. Um, you know, it's kind of like you said earlier; it's a beautiful love story. Yeah, and I want every individual. My my heart is for every individual to experience that personally, um, not because of church, not because of religion. Yeah, uh, but because God loves you personally. But He is a just God, so He has to hold everybody accountable uh, for their will, for their for their decisions. So um, yes, He's a loving God, but He's a righteous God, and He can never He can never do anything outside of being just and holy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so my, my, my last words would to be, you know, truly search God, seek him first, um, and he will give you the desires of your heart, because once your heart is converted to him, your desires will be his desires, and his desires will be yours as well, um, and you will, that's where you will find true fulfillment. You know, nothing else can give you fulfillment other than the fulfiller himself, and that's uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen to that. So, Will, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us today and just kind of, you know, talking to us about your journey. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was an awesome opportunity. I'm so glad. Thank you. So, Thank you again for joining me for this week's episode of Faith in It with Kay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I just want to reiterate uh, the scripture that Will shared with us, which was Psalms 119, verse 93, which says, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. And that's a King, King James Version. Um, and as he explained, it's just such a fitting scripture um, to recognize that as we walk in obedience and in line with God's word and his will for our lives, um, there's such a blessing that happens. Um, there's such a peace, there's such a, a alignment <laughs> of purpose that happens. Um, so I hope you'll go ahead and just kind of read through, study, um, meditate on that uh, verse. Um, and all of 119, it's, it's one of the longer um, chapters of Psalms. 
but there's so much in it. So, you know, it might be a good thing to just kind of break down that whole chapter uh, and just kind of meditate on what's written there. So um, once again, I just thank Will for his time and uh, I will make sure that you have his um, Instagram um, handle is going to be listed in our show notes um, as he shared with it shared with us during the show um, also the handlers for um, my personal handler and also podcast will also be in the show notes um, but yeah I hope I hope that there is some uh, peace that you got during this episode I hope there is some uh, some comfort some joy And just overall knowledge that no matter what you're going through, God still has a purpose. He still has a plan and it's not over. Um, So I thank you again for joining me for this week's episode of Faith in It with Kay. See ya.